Welcome to the Before Midnight Podcast, coming to you from the N Plus One studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Word, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. Did you miss me, Brian? No, not really. <laughs> Why do I even ask? Uh, Why do I ask? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nice. No. no. You're getting used to being alone here. (laughs) Yeah, my whole life is just sitting in a room and looking at a computer screen. Life is good. Occasionally I get get out to go like coach a swim team. And that's inside in the dark in the morning? Yes. Do you ever get outside anymore? No, I do. It's usually for my son's soccer. Okay. That's the only time I go outside. That and when I work out, and now I'm freezing to death when I go out and work out. I was going to say, you're not outside working out anymore. I know you better than that. I was was out biking some. I've Did you break today? Bundling up, yes. Okay. It's cold out there. Yes, I noticed. It's cold out there every day, campers. <laughs> I, I got to. Is that Groundhog Day? Groundhog Day, yeah, yes. That's what I thought that <laughs> See, I got one. Yeah, yeah, the movie reference. Yay. I, uh, I got to the pleasure of biking on Saturday for about three hours in the rain. I got to go stand out in the field and watch soccer in the rain. So, oh. yeah. They, they at least canceled the, the morning game, got canceled. They're a little okay. kind of. Overly protective of their fields at, in the and for sales. For sales, they but flood, don't they? they? They just they hold water and okay. they just don't want them torn up, you know, because those fifty pound kids are going to do so much damage to the field. When there's a hundred fifty pound kids, yes. You get there's nine playing at a time, and then you're talking about eighteen kids on a field that weigh fifty pounds each. I I it's not like there are big high school kids who can really tear a field up. That's Okay. Annoying. And then we, that afternoon, we we had like a one o'clock game in, Nick, not Nicholsville, uh, Harrodsburg. That game went. So we had to stand in the rain. Stand in the rain in Harrodsburg. Fortunately, it wasn't a heavy rain. It was just kind of a drizzle. Because by the afternoon, it wasn't too bad. No, it was just kind of a drizzle mist. It didn't take the whole time, but it was still cold. The race I was at, we were, uh, they delayed it. Yeah, it was supposed it rained to, in that morning. It started, it's supposed to start at 8.30, and they started at 8.40. And I mean, it was pouring while we were waiting, and, uh, I thoroughly, I'm so happy. I invested in insulated, waterproof biking bibs last year. Smartest thing I've ever done. <laughs> Great, in, at least for Saturday. Now I'm on Amazon trying to find a coat that's the same because the lower part of my body was great. Upper part, I got soaked. Oh my God, it was so cold. Yeah, it's it's tough to, cycling jackets are hard to find too because you got to get one that's really form-fitting. Uh, what I ended up, I bought, uh, I went ahead and ordered just like a waterproof raincoat. Okay. So I'm going to sweat like crazy in it. But on a day like Saturday, I would have been okay with that because it was cold. Well, um, and the nice thing about something like that is you don't have to bike fast. Because the well, big problem with the jackets are if you don't get something that's fairly form-fitting, you're going to be like pulling a parachute. <laughs> true. Well, and that was the problem with Saturday. I was lead cycle for a half marathon. In the pouring down rain. So I wasn't working hard. <laughs> no, which and, just makes it colder. Right. And I mean, it was very hilly. It was nice. There were some rollers. So I got to put in some effort occasionally, but most of it I was just kind of coasting downhill and not putting out an air effort and just going, oh my God, I'm so cold. <laughs> yeah, because what was it, like 50 or something at that point in time? Yeah, too? it was like 52. 52 in rain is just wonderful, man. There's nothing yeah. better than competing in any type of an event in that type of weather. The runners were great. The runners were fine because they were all moving. 
Yeah, I mean, and they were putting in some effort, but well, yeah, I mean, what's the, you know, blisters, uh, you know, that's a pain, but <laughs> the first thing I did, I put on my bike shoes and I was underneath the volunteer tent and I walked well, up. The, the first the thing I did runners was do well. stepped in a puddle. I'm not sure the slow runners do all that well in those situations, especially you're out there. If you're out there for a couple hours, your hands are going to freeze in that. Cause the problem yeah. with that rain is, is everything gets wet. Right. And then your body temperature drops in the extremities while the main part stays warm. To protect your organs. Yeah. I mean, there were some people out there. By the, well, luckily, it did stop raining. So those tail end people that were finishing in three and a half hours, um, they seemed to be okay. Yeah. You know, I, I had a I had a three-hour pacer, and she was like, yeah, I probably should have worn gloves. But she was all right. You know, and she, she just kind of ran, walked the whole right. thing. You know, she's a, you know, she's a 215 half marathoner, so it was pretty slow for her. Right. But she did okay. She was the one I was kind of watching the most. The guy that won, he didn't. I mean, he did one twenty six. I think was the winner. Yeah. So okay. he was moving pretty well. Yeah. The, people that are hauling, they burning a little more energy, stay yeah. warm. I just, for me, it's like the length of time you're out there. It's not so much. Yeah, you're going to be warm. But yeah. those extremities will get cold on you if you're not careful. Yeah. I made the mistake too when I finished. I took off my gloves. And then I went back out on the course, and I was like, oh, that was really dumb. Because <laughs> I'm not putting those back on. <laughs> There's no way. I'm like, oh. Soaking wet. Oh, well. <clears throat> so then I just biked faster. You know, since I wasn't leading, I was just kind of watching all the runners and just riding. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful course, and I would love to be out there on a day when it's closed and a nice day. <laughs> oh, well. So that was my big... <laughs> so Halloween... I'm sure you were up for all hours. I went to bed at 7.30 on Halloween. I was like, nope, no trick-or-treaters. I'm going to bed. You're off the road far enough. You probably don't get any trick-or-treaters. We don't get any. any. I didn't think There's so. There's nobody that has ever come back to our house for candy. We don't get much here I either. Say, I wouldn't come back here either. No one's come back here. <laughs> we're so far off the beaten path and back like, down a huge driveway. No one's coming back to Now, us. what I would wanted to do when the kids were little was do a whole haunted house and like haunted woods through our yeah. property. That would be really fun. That would be neat. I never had the energy to do it. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not that into Halloween either to do it. So. Well, my uh, sister-in-law, they live over... On the other side of town in a mm-hmm. pretty nice little neighborhood right there. We went over there and had dinner and then trick-or-treated there. It was hilarious, man. My son, he wanted to... We were trying to go through different... Find him a costume. And I was right. like, well, here... How about some Fortnite characters? Like, no, I don't want to do that. How about this? No, I don't want to do that. Well, how about a soldier? Like an American Revolution soldier. He's like, okay, I'll do that. Who came up with the American Revolution soldier? I think we were just talking like soldier because we had gone okay. to... Either like Civil War or American Revolution, because he's been kind of in on both those and kind of studied okay. a little bit of of both those. We're like, what about a soldier of Civil or American? He's like American Revolutionary War. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Just the generic soldier it was okay. great. And we we go out and the first person, are you Paul Revere? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't even know who Paul Revere was, which is kind of funny. That's kind of funny. Well, I mean, he he wore that for the vocabulary parade that they Correct. do over at the school. So I saw him, and I was like, that's pretty good. That was pretty nice. So. Well, he didn't have a hat. Jenny had to make the hat. She did a wonderful job. Yeah, she was on like... But a- you all should have called me because I could have gotten you one. Oh. I'm from Lexington, Massachusetts. Well, this is one the of those things. home of the Revolutionary like War. 10 o'clock the night before, and we were oh. like, oh, what do we do? And she went online to like... 
uh, I guess the museum had a thing on how to make one. <laughs> That's when she just followed that and made it. It looked great. It did work out pretty well. It worked out really well. It was yeah, just she like, out of a Coke bo- yeah, bottle was Coke, box or it was like a 12 12-pack <laughs> box. box. I believe I have Coca-Cola. Yeah. There's Coke Zeros, which we get. But yeah, it was. Uh, it turned out pretty well. I was like, because you couldn't take the gun to school. I was like, no. you know what you need to do is take the uh, Federalist Papers with you. And you could go to Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> you carry the Federalist Papers around with you. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to be Alexander Hamilton either. I was like, okay. Mm. It, like, what? yeah, someone else asked if he was, who else? Someone asked if he was Alexander Hamilton that night. Yeah. What? Eventually someone asked, so are you a patriot? And I'm like, that's what he was. He was a patriot. Patriot, yeah. That's, that's he like the perfect He wasn't a Tory. One. He was a patriot. Yeah, because we were always joking. Yeah, he's just a conscripted soldier. <laughs> well, he wasn't a Tory. We know that. Because he would have been wearing red. He would have been a yeah. red coat. Oh, okay. man. It was... So you get tons of candy? Yeah, he. Uh, it was funny because like before we went over there, he was like, can I get a map of the of the subdivision? Prints out a map. I think it's sitting... Yeah, he, he gets this map of the subdivision. Okay. And then he like starts marking like where he, how he's going to go through... <laughs> And get to all of them. <laughs> so can make sure he can hit all of them. Oh, my God. The most efficient way. Yes. Mm. He, uh, he drew up one he of his, his strategy and his plan to go through and, and get maximize his candy obtaining. He didn't do the elevation. Oh, my gosh. I'm ashamed. No. So that's my <laughs> wife. She's went for the map. But, yeah, it was it was hilarious. So he got this map, and we never really – I think we used it, like, once or twice. We pulled it out to kind of see where we were on the – in the neighborhood. It's not a huge neighborhood. Yeah. It was funny, though. <laughs> We're going around. I think one lady was like, so, do you like chocolate? And he was like, no, but they do. <laughs> she starts laughing as he's pointing at us. She's like, that's a great answer. <laughs> All right. But no, he got raised him right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they do. Yeah, now i got to have to deal with those big... We ended up getting like five, six pounds worth of candy. That oh, gotta, my God. And I'm going to have to eat most of them, I'm sure, <laughs> Moderate, all things in moderation, including candy. Right. right. Put a whole. Well, I haven't told my my husband finally came home. Yay! My husband's been traveling for six months, but apparently he stopped at a candy store before he came home, and that makes like homemade stuff. Whatever. He brought home four pounds of fudge, and I'm like, honey, oh, I'm so glad you're here. What the hell were you thinking? So he's like, two pounds of red velvet fudge and two pounds of mint chocolate fudge. Like both mine and my daughter's favorites. Well, there you go. You got something to snack on for the next week or two. <laughs> no, I, I haven't wrapped it up for the freezer yet, but that's where a bunch of it's about to head. Because I don't want it to go bad. Right. I mean, you and then he bought it. like eat it. eight or ten different it. kinds of malted milk balls. That's like good for you. Dark chocolate ones and brownie and banana bread. And they're all like malted milk oh, balls. Oh, yeah. It's good for you. You should eat it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my sugar go why are you all of a sudden diabetic <laughs> I don't know oh, yeah we got so we got a lot of candy we got a lot of candy we even right. had a history teacher said you had the best costume it's hilarious like, history teacher that's a great costume <laughs> so my son did well in the good whole, uh, well, trick or treating he had a lot of fun we got took us about an hour and a half to get through the whole that's not too we bad we hit just about every house although the funny thing is is with COVID they've kind of Halloween's gotten a little more efficient because mm-hmm. now people will just put tables out and sit out so you don't have to go up to the house anymore. Right. Uh, they'll put them in little baggies and stuff that you just go and grab the just baggie grab. and move on. I like the ones that like shoot things at you. Did you find any of those? One guy had an air, like a, 
one of those leaf blowers. Oh, and yeah. They had this huge tube, and he would put the candy in and put it in the blower on. <laughs> awesome. I was like, well, that's cool. As long as you didn't hit anybody too hard with it. Well, I mean... you had to put your bag at the end of it. It was oh, okay. a long tube. It wasn't okay. coming out that fast at the end okay. of it, but it was, it was still pretty fun. I was going to say, we got a potato cannon at the house. <laughs> Might be a little much, but... Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, wow. a, it, was, it was a good Halloween. He, he was pretty excited about it, even though he won't... That's right. He's year. left it all for you all. Yes. Mm, my goodness. All right, so what else have you been up to this week? or What what did you talk about that without me recently? It's all about swimming, man. All about swimming? I've been talking about the things to do and not do and feel for You should, like, I should listen probably to listen. them, because they're probably very useful for you. Sorry, I'm listening to General <laughs> Psychology Applied Behavioral Analysis right now. Um, I'll put you on in the car. How's that? There you go. Drive to Shelbyville. Which... Yeah, no, there's... Yeah, I've done two now that are probably pretty applicable for be good okay I need there's, to there's to swimming ones and like the latest one was more about how to feel the water and some tips for it potentially because okay. i've been trying to figure out how do you explain that whole feel for the water i think i got something that kind of works okay but i'm not going to rehash it i'm going to make you you're going to make me actually to listen it. to it and then okay. we can come back and discuss it once you've actually tried to apply some of it. <laughs> just kidding. I got a great feel for the water when I have paddles on. I do know that much, but any other topic. All right. Well, so it's what because else you the got? paddles don't are firm and don't really give. Right, but there's people that we swim with that are like, "How are you so good at pulling?" Because I can blow them away when I'm pulling, and when I don't have the paddles, I don't, and they can't. Yeah. So it's strange that people that are faster swimmers than me. I'm faster with paddles than they are with paddles. It's just interesting. It's like, okay, I got a much better feel for the water when my hand's bigger. Yeah, your mechanics are set up so that when you have that, it propels you more. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. All right, so what else you got for us? Well, I've been uh, reading a book called The Talent Code. Okay. It's interesting. I don't. It's an author who tries to, he, he has this kind of this topic and he tries to shoehorn a lot of things into this one thing that really don't always go okay but it was still an interesting book and i just wanted to kind of maybe share some of the things i I came across in this book maybe we won't do it just this episode we'll probably spread it over a couple episodes because there's some different topics but one of the the, his big premise is or his big thing is about myelin do you know what myelin is it's the coding over the neurons in your brain correct okay so myelin is (sighs) basically a neural insulator Okay. And its purpose is a lot like, um, I guess, the, the rubber around electric wires. I'm learning about, um, in child development, you don't get that until, well, shoot, I mean, after infancy. You're not born with that, just so you know. Right, but myelin is something that you produce pretty much your entire life. Right. And it's and it, it, it insulates the neural pathways. And what it, its big purpose, though, is when I move from my hand across or something like this, I do this movement, well, the neural pathways fire from my brain to my arm to do all that. Right. Well, what the myelin does is it begins to wrap those that pathway from your brain to your muscles with myelin. And what the myelin does is it enhances that ability for that signal to go from your brain to your, your hand. I thought it was muscles. like the rubber coating like around a wire. Correct. And what that does is it keeps the signal from leaking. Mm-hmm. So you, if you have a signal that's going down there, it doesn't leak, which means it operates faster. It mm-hmm. gets stronger over time. So the more I do said motion, the faster, the more myelin gets developed, 
and the better I am at doing that. Okay. So this is how skill is developed, right? Right. So we're, de- we're, we're producing all this myelin, and the more we practice something, a skill, whatever that skill is, the more myelin gets produced, the more that neural pathway gets wrapped, which means that less uh, firing gets lost along the way. It actually is much yeah. faster. Well, and it's with anything that you practice in your brain, not just a movement. So right. Like, I mean, just everything. Anything where the brain has to signal mm-hmm. to Could something else. Your mouth talking or right. anything. Again, it's your muscles. So yeah. the pathways to your muscles, all these things, it, this myelin keeps wrapping around mm-hmm. and enhances your ability to do it. Okay. This kind of backs up to that whole, how do you get good at, you know, where do these elite athletes, where do all these things come from? Where do all these people who are really good at a sport or say the violin or whatever, an instrument or something like that, how do you get good? And it comes from practice and over and over again, you develop the myelin. It basically enforces your ability to do those skills over and over again. That makes sense. And this comes pretty much to kind of what I've said before with, it gives more of a specific term to what I've talked to, to the whole concept of muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Your muscles don't memorize anything. What you do is you enhance those neural pathways from your brain to right. whatever the muscle is so that you learn how to do the sh- a stroke properly right. or whatever. You know, in our sport, your stroke or how you bike or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those things become learned and you enhance them and you learn that way. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about it, though, yeah, is, is as you do it, your myelin gets thicker, that, that, that coating gets thicker and thicker, which means you have less leakage. It means your circuit becomes faster. Basically, you're improving your circuit mm-hmm. firing. And that's how you develop a skill, as we've been talking about, piano and swimming, getting that hand right and things like right. that. And I guess kind of the interesting part of all that is this is why it's harder for adults to learn to swim. This gets back to that whole concept. When you're a kid, myelin develops very fast. That's why kids can go and pick up sports instantaneously, seemingly pick them up instantaneous and develop them quickly. As you age, your myelin production goes down. So therefore, once I get older, middle age or 30, 40, whatever, you're not producing myelin, you have to do considerably more practice to pick up the skill you would have picked up in a fraction of the time if you're right. a kid. This is why it's so hard for adults to learn to swim because we're in an unfamiliar medium, so the motions are very foreign, and we're basically having to create this myelin from scratch. We don't really have any similar type of circuits yeah. Yeah. developed. I mean, where else in life are you doing <laughs> In a horizontal <laughs> position, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, body position, everything, yeah, it's all completely... I mean, we all, you know, you can learn how to run because everybody walks, you know, for the most part. So, yeah, that's interesting. And so the other part of the problem is, is as you age, myelin begins to break down. You're always producing it, but it also begins to break down. It's like using the wire a whole lot. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And this becomes another problem in learning and that if I'm, as I get older, it becomes even harder to build it because it begins to unravel quicker. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why like you're like really old. This is also why like really older people will walk real slow because the myelin begins to unravel. And so basic skills like walking and things like that don't fire as fast. There's a lot more leakage. If they haven't done it though. I mean, I've walked with my dad who's 91 
and it's like, Dad, slow down, you know, because he's going, he walks very fast, but he does it a lot. Right. So, but if you don't, if you, you know, but this is why if you, if you, when you run into older people who are walking slowly or doing anything slower than a normal person right. does, well, it's like whatever it time is. when you're driving and Correct. things like that all go down. Yeah. And that's because the myelin begins to mm-hmm. unravel. And even though you're producing it, you, like, like your, your dad, he has to walk a lot to maintain to that. If he doesn't, yeah. he would start walking slower and slower because as you get like yeah. older like that, your myelin begins to unravel. Which then becomes an even harder problem for people, you know, who want to learn to swim at, as they get even older, like 60 and 70. It becomes really, really challenging yeah. because you can't develop those circuits. Yeah. Which is a crazy thing to think about. But it's just hmm. kind of the it's interesting the yeah. nature of the beast. And it's kind of the why. Because I've always talked about it as neural pathways. You have to develop the neural pathways. And, and that's very much the case. But yeah. myelin is the wrapper that makes that happen. Yeah. It's the yeah. it's the memory aspect. Because really what you're doing is you're just trying to create circuits and enhance those circuits. And those circuits yeah. are basically created by the myelin. Which is just kind of an interesting... Um, yeah. It is interesting. Interesting note I, I came across when I was uh, reading this book. And, and he then tries to build upon this fact that myelin is used to how do you become talented. And... You know, and we can get this this a little bit more next week. But his thing is, is it's not genetics that make you talented; it's your ability to practice and develop these myelin circuits. And so his book kind of goes through how, you know, and he uses like hotbeds for baseball, tennis, or violin, or music and stuff like that, and how they're, you know, it's more of a practice thing. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how you, you know, how you get kids to practice and. And so on. And like I said, I'm going to talk about that a little more next time. But he's very much against the whole genetics are going to say whether or not you're talented or not. I mean, I he kind of he's kind of right and kind of wrong mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, skill can be developed. I think, but if I'm five six and I'm the best basketball one that played basketball forever. Mm-hmm. And I've developed all this skill. If I don't have any type one twitch muscles, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna get that shot off of the six six guy who is not as skilled as me. Yeah. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. So genetics, he tries to make this argument that genetics don't matter, and I'm and I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> genetics matter. It's, yeah, especially at the highest levels, because the yeah. highest levels, you're taking this pool of people that are genetically able to do this, right. and you're looking for the people that have practiced the most and have developed these myelin pathways right. the most within that smaller group yeah. of people. I mean, I mean, he's right. Anybody can learn how to do something and probably learn it fairly well. But yeah, genetic, and be an expert know. and be a master in it. Yeah. You know, if I were to guess, like things like um, the people who are savants in certain things, mm-hmm. my guess is they probably have like really high myelin. <laughs> well, in certain I mean, circumstances and stuff. The class that I'm doing right now, and it has actually been talking about this in, uh, you know, in brain development, and there's so there's so much in like an infant's brain, and then stuff gets snipped off. It's like, okay, I haven't used that, and it goes away. Yeah, you know. Um, so some like a savant, I haven't really, you know, I haven't studied them or anything, but it's sort of one area got like super, <laughs> super covered in other stuff. You know, didn't. I mean, but even so, skills, I mean, but still, skill development is skill development. You have yeah. to practice to get it. So there's, and some of those people that probably have some. Yeah, I imagine some people probably develop myelin quicker than others, and some yeah. people probably practice 
better than others too, True. which separates out you know why this person seemingly doesn't you know works that works hard. This person works hard, but this person's better. Sometimes yeah. they just practice better, and their myelin development is yeah. better than this person over here, which I is mean, kind I of think, interesting. I mean, I think about thing. running, and I mean, I never was a runner until you know forties, and I'm pretty good. And it's like, well, why? I mean, it, it's certainly, and it you know. Well, I mean, because there's a genetic factor to like with nobody you know, in my when, family when you look at runner, but. when you look at, but your VO two max is a genetic number. That's not, I mean, you can make it go up and down, but the max of VO, your actual mm. upper tier of VO2 max is genetic. I think it's just because I'll suffer more than most people. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's those elements as well, but I would be willing to bet your VO2 max is probably a whole lot higher than other women in your age group. Yeah, possibly. And some of that's genetic, some of it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, for me, it's like triathlon. It's like, you know, I, I could probably get down to two. 20 to 15 maybe if you know if i did everything right no i'm still 15 minutes slower than the guy who wins the national championship each year in my age group yeah and there's nothing i can do it's i don't have the muscle fibers necessary i don't have the vo2 max that's high enough because yeah. i'm going to guess those guys who are the champions and probably all have vo2 maxes in their 70 in the 70s <laughs> maybe even close to 80 yeah you know where i'm probably more in the average range of what the 50 55 range yeah there's nothing I can do against someone who has to a bigger that, engine to make that higher. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, there's so there's that element to it as well. I mean, yeah. some people are going to be better through practice. So, like the more skill based a sport is, like say golf, mm-hmm. the genetic advantage isn't as great as say sprinting, mm-hmm. where yep. you know if you don't have enough type one fibers it doesn't really matter if you don't have those fast switch fibers it doesn't really matter i mean you could be a good sprinter for what you've been given but that doesn't make you a world-class sprint and like basketballs basketball is probably the easiest example because everybody plays basketball it's like six five if you're not six five that one one guy that was really short spud yeah and yeah but that was also 20 years ago too You don't see that anymore. And that guy could dunk the ball. Yeah. <laughs> at five, 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 six. He's amazing. Yes. But nowadays, yeah, everybody, heck, the point guards are even six, three, six, four in the NBA. There's nobody short. And that eliminates a big chunk of the pool because there's only four, three or four percent of the population total yeah. that is that tall. That's so tall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty small percentage of the whole population yeah. that is that tall. Yeah. Which makes it kind of crazy. Interesting. So we'll, we'll cover, we'll bring up some yeah. of this. This is kind of an intro to the topic of. Yeah. The talent code is. I'm glad you're reading this book because I don't have time. (laughs) Well, it was. I came across it through someone else who thought it was an interesting book, and I've been. I read it, and it was interesting. And so we'll bring up a couple topics from it in the next couple. Very good. Well, it's good to be back. Thank you all. If you're looking for a coach, check us out at go3sport.com, and I'll talk to you next week. Sweet. Yeah. Hit the like button if you're watching us on YouTube. Subscribe. I should be back next week. Give us give us good reviews everywhere. That helps us as well. Definitely helps. And uh, have a great day if you want to.